0: i a real-life diva. Don't give up. Warning. Says, who does he think he is? I have some dirt. Will you confirm or deny? Maybe you should leave this. Oh. Warning. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, let, let's focus. From reality TV to real life, it's all just so dramatic with Megan Pistetto. Bro, I go give a fuck. juicy saying, like? real
1: bitch give a fuck. Don't
0: run baby. It is what it is, there's some five-star dicks She a big old freak, it's a monster that I hit It's a hot
1: girl, summer so you know she got it lit
0: Real
1: it, she got it lit Hot girl, summer so you know she got it lit Real it, she got it lit Hot girl,
0: summer so
1: you know she got it lit
0: Guys, welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. I'm Megan Pestetto and I am back for another week of Jamie Doran's Uninterrupted Organic Flow. Yes, it's Jamie Doran Day and I have stage three of the miniseries for you all today. We are officially at the halfway mark, guys. How exciting. I don't know if that's good news or bad news. Please go back and listen to stage one and two if you haven't already. I mean who hasn't but if you are one of the few that haven't please go back and catch up before listening to this episode. I am still so overwhelmed by the messages I'm continuing to receive in response to the series. Let me read out some of my favorites from this week because it is just such uplifting and wholesome content and we simply do not get enough of it on this show. One listener wrote on the Facebook group, I would just like to make a public apology to Jamie Doran. On the show, I thought you were an absolute nutter and even reminded me of an ex who was a creepy stalker. I even said these comments on the official Bachelorette pages at the time they were airing. Since listening to your segments, turns out things aren't always as they appear. And I will now watch the show completely differently as it all sounds 80% producer scripted. You actually sound really sweet, lovely and sound like a good person. Thanks, Megan, for always delivering such unbiased and amazing content. You're killing it, girlfriend. Oh, that is so nice. Another listener wrote in saying, "'Loving the Jamie Doran episodes. It's good to see the other side of him that wasn't portrayed on the show. P.S. I hope you find some time to ask him about his skincare regime. And yes, I did find time in those six hours in that Byron Bay cabin. And we do cover that later on in the series. So stay tuned. Someone else said, Jamie did not come off well on TV, but in your interview, he's such an interesting, thoughtful and funny person. Nice job bringing out the real Jamie. Jamie. And that is what we aim to do here. It's so dramatic, believe it or not. Someone else said, Bloody love him. Best thing to come out of the Bachelor franchise. Big fan of the pod. Loving the Jamie Doran specials. He really is the gift that keeps on giving. And he sure is. Jamie Doran series. Best thing I have ever listened to in my life. He needs his own podcast. He is so funny. One more for the road. 100% reputation rehab, which was greatly needed for Jamie. And on that note, I will make sure I invoice Jamie accordingly for my services. You're welcome, kind regards. But seriously, thank you to everyone who did take the time to message me. It honestly makes my day reading these and I'm sure that it makes Jamie's as well. So thank you so much for reaching out. Not to mention the episode topped the charts again. So thank you to everyone who listened and shared the episode, it means so much. Speaking of sharing, before we get into today's episode, some quick housekeeping grab a bucket, grab a mop. Please share this podcast around with everyone you know, with everyone you don't know. Shout it from the rooftops of the packed Westfields when you're Christmas shopping this week. Every share and every new listener helps. I honestly mean that. Every donation counts. One like, one prayer. Please also rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. It will allow me to keep doing what I'm doing and bringing you the tea each week. And for your own benefit, join the So Dramatic community on Facebook. That's at So Dramatic Podcast when you search in groups. Don't forget to follow So Dramatic on Instagram at So Dramatic Podcast. Actually, speaking of that, I have an important announcement, guys. A PSA.
1: Guess who's back? Yes.
0: I am no longer shadow banned. The ban was lifted this week. I'm finally being seen again and it feels so good to be out of the woods. It was touch and go there for a while, but I'm back, I'm back and better than ever. I have to say thank you to the lovely listener who sent me the step-by-step instructions on how to get unshadow banned. I didn't even know that you could get unshadow banned. And I did follow it step by step. And with the help of you guys engaging with my content on Instagram over the last week, as per the instructions, the ban was lifted in just a matter of days. So seriously, thank you so much to everyone that helped the cause. I must confess, I did also write a Karen letter to the manager of Instagram and complained. So maybe that helped too. Hashtag First World Problems, I know. Also, if you haven't had enough of me just yet and you want to follow all of my behind the scenes goss from my Hot Girl Summer and filming of the Summer series, Follow me on Instagram at Megan Pestetto which for those already playing at home is just basically me failing at life. Coming up today, Jamie reveals what really happened during that infamous meltdown scene when he found out Tim Hanley was leaving paradise, including the shocking bullying incident with Renee Barrett that was the catalyst for it all. He dishes on his relationship with Charlotte Dawson, his feud with radio shock jock Kyle Sanderlands and his bizarre connection to Jackie O prior to his TV fame and why she unfollowed him on. On Instagram after the show. Jamie also opens up about his mental health struggles and the devastating effect his betrayal on television has had on him, including the death threats he receives daily and the huge fallout it has caused within his family. Guys, me and Jamie get very deep in this episode. Those Jamie Doran tears must be contagious because even I had the waterworks flowing this episode and that is huge for me because usually I'm a cold-hearted, sadistic bitch with no feelings. So I just want to give a little bit of a trigger warning. This episode does discuss mental health struggles, including suicide. Some people may find it distressing. If you or anyone you know is struggling, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. So much drama, so little time. Let's get into the show. Do not fight amongst yourselves. Please come to me. So we confirm or deny. At least you're honest with me. So exclusive.
1: There's someone coming in. It's Jamie. It's Jamie.
0: Everybody run. <laughs> run girls. <laughs> girls run. Run.
1: People know me as the stage five clinger. The stage five clinger.
0: Back to Bachelor in Paradise, this is the question everyone wants to know. Your meltdown about Tim, it was the most iconic moment, well, definitely the most dramatic moment in Australian television, definitely this year, maybe of all time. Someone give you a gold Logie, you get an A-plus for drama this semester. I was told that your meltdown with Tim was actually 10 times worse in real life and that producers downplayed it in the edit. Is that true?
1: Well, I've got to start from the beginning. So what, what happens was, again, and no disrespect to Renee here, I didn't watch Matt Agnew's season. So we go to dinner one night and I see Renee. I thought Renee was one of the makeup ladies. I'm not being rude <laughs> to Renee. I'd never watched Matt Agnew's season. So I gave her a hug and everything, and all of a sudden she's sitting down at dinner with us and everyone's going at her. Everyone's going at her. You're like,
0: why does everyone hate the makeup lady? Just so nice. I know. That's what
1: I'm thinking. And everyone's just going, this but wait, Renee.
0: Hold on a minute. I need to butt in. I think you're lying. Because didn't you speak to Kieran and Renee on FaceTime when they are in Darwin?
1: No. No, no, no. Before Paradise? No, no. What uh, do you mean? Th- no, I spoke to Kieran and he had it on loudspeaker. Oh, and okay. And Renee could hear it. Okay,
0: and you didn't know. I,
1: and I didn't know she was there.
0: Oh, and you didn't yeah. even know about Okay. No,
1: yeah. So right, that, that's. Okay. I think that's where... Um, Because I was... T- I think I know the conversation you're talking about, I I rung Kieran and and told him that that I was talking to Abby, but he had me on loudspeaker and Renee Uh, could hear it. Renee's going to attack the table and I stood up and said, this is BS. And I pointed at all of the producers and I said, she's being bullied. You can ask Renee this. And I said, she's being bullied. I won't stand for this. I'm not impressed. This either stops or I leave the show. So I get up and I march off and and I leave the table. And, and so sort of everyone got up at this point and left. It was sort of when it was wrapping up. And uh, I was in this heightened state because I was so annoyed. And I'd had a few red wines and I was sort of in this heightened state. And I'm going, the producers, da, da, da. And then I, I sit down and then the producers, I said, look, I just want another red wine just to chill out. And they cut me off. They said, no, you're not having any more drink. You're going a bit mad about this Renee being bullied situation. So I'm sitting there just stewing. And I'm already in this heightened state and then... Someone, I can't remember who it was, came and conveyed this message that Tim Hanley was leaving the show. Tim and I shared a bungalow together. I'm already in this heightened state. I'd already been on the Red Wines and I get there and Tim's packing his bags as, and now this is what we see on camera. Now, after we filmed The Bachelorette, I got a job in Melbourne and I spent nearly every every day with Tim and he became my support network after we filmed Angie's season and through when the Bachelorette was being shown and I was being depicted like I was, Tim was there for me through all this. And we, before I went to Paradise, knowing Tim, I know we weren't meant to know, but Tim and I told each other that we were going. And just him being there after everything I'd been through, i just watched my season of The Bachelorette, just gave me some kind of ground in it. And... The only way I can describe it, if you go to Europe with with one of your girlfriends on a two-month vacation and one day you wake up and she goes, I'm just going home to Australia. And you're like, but hang on, I'm here in Europe on my own now. It's like your whole world's just caving in
0: actually that's a good comparison I probably would be crying like please don't leave me here in this random country on my own
1: so I'm, I just lost it and then with the Renee situation I was already in this heightened state and then I packed my bags and leave now this all ran out for about three hours and that's why I'm a little bit annoyed with the producers because they knew that Tim hadn't left but they let that run out they didn't so, tell you what till
0: you are at the bus stop so
1: I felt at, at the expense of my own mental health in that situation they chose ratings over my mental health that's how i felt that they looked at that anyway yeah i get to the bus stop they get me back they go put me in a room with the psychiatrist for two hours
0: two hours yeah straight after when you're drunk with the psych yeah
1: with with the psych oh that's not fun and i still wanted to leave but they had my passport and my mobile phone and the the psych said i'm gonna write your list and in the morning, if you feel that you still want to leave, we'll give you back your passport. And the list was go to sleep, get up and do a gym session, talk to Tim, talk to Renee. So I went to bed, slept, got up, did a gym session. I used to do one every morning with Britt Hockley. And I went and spoke to Tim and I still wanted to leave. Even though Tim was staying, I just wanted to go. I didn't like the bullying thing. I just, I wasn't happy. And I went and spoke to Renee and I said, I'm, I'm leaving. And Renee turned to me and goes, I'll never forget, Jamie, I'm the one that got bullied at, at that table and I'm staying. So don't you leave because if I'm staying and I'm the one that got bullied, that's a bit silly if you leave, you know, just because you're angry that I got bullied. And I said, yeah, Renee, actually, yeah, that makes sense. And Renee, Renee is the one that actually talked to me and sustained, but you didn't see any of that because you can't use the B word on the bachelorette. You're not allowed mm. to say the B word.
0: The bullying word, the the word bullying gets edited word. out. The bullying word. So you're actually leaving because of Renee and not Tim? Or is that right? Or
1: it, No, the, the Renee thing just started this heightened
0: state? state
1: and the Tim concluded it. So
0: the Tim was the straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah, it was 70% Tim,
1: 30% Renee.
0: So you had some anxiety going into BIP and then Tim's obviously your support network. He said that he's going to leave you there on your own. Had he told you before, like don't worry, we're going to go into BIP, I'm going to have you back, you're going to be okay. Like is that why you were so upset that he was leaving because he was your support system?
1: He, no, he never said those words but it's just the, our friendship at that point in time and it's still strong now but it was never stronger than at that point in time. He was your rock. Yeah. Your yeah, person in
0: there that you could rely on. Yeah. I get that.
1: And and you hear me when I'm crying and I do You sound like a drowning cat. I do. I do understand that was it's hard for me to even watch back that
0: iconic tv moment my favorite ever five minutes of iconic australian tv and
1: there's one line i say in there and it might if i might laugh about this but i do say i go i can't just imagine waking up in the morning and not seeing him in there in that other bed and i can still i can see that like if i woke up in paradise and then i'm in that burea they call it i call it a bungalow they call it a bureau. And just seeing an empty bed where Tim is, it, it would have been hard to continue. But then, to be honest, if he had left and they had got me to stay, I developed such a strong friendship with Brittany Weldon that I would have been okay there. Been and I, okay. I, I, I'm, I know I I'm, am sound like a 41-year-old man-child right now, <laughs> but I just... You I wear your heart on your sleeve. I worked, and I wasn't dealing well with the whole edit from The, the Bachelorette at that point because I'd seen it i'd seen it i flew out as we said before three days after my last episode so i saw it and i wasn't dealing well with that i didn't know i hadn't even swallowed the bachelorette edit at that point it happened so fast and i think i was the, the first guy signed for bachelor in paradise and i think they did that on purpose because they knew i was going to freak out over my edit and i wasn't that close to anyone else maybe glenn but I wasn't really close to any of the other guys there, like which sounds crazy because I now live with Naranga.
0: And you're now best friends with everyone. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: at that time, I wasn't really close to anyone that wasn't Tim or Jackson.
0: So were you acting or drunk at all during that meltdown? You were drunk. Were you acting at the, all? That, that was, was just how you were? The,
1: unfortunately, I wish I could... <laughs> I, I honestly wish I could sit here and say yes. I was acting. No, that was me
0: you are an emotional guy that was
1: drunk jamie <laughs> that was jamie after about 12 red wines and having the renee incident and then you know your mate leaving yeah i wish i was say I was acting because it would probably <laughs> at be least more, you're honest it wouldn't be so embarrassing but yeah no that was legit
0: do you feel betrayed at all or hurt by what tim said about you when he watched it back was that hurtful
1: no because one of the lines actually tim says he goes i think jamie thinks that He's my best friend, but I, oh, what
0: He said, I'm Jamie's best mate, but Jamie's not my best mate. Yeah,
1: that was actually blown out of context because that's a running joke Tim and I have had for a long time. I used to always say that line to Tim. I'd go, you're be- my best mate, but I don't think I'm your best <laughs> mate. And I, and so that was a running joke and, and that people wouldn't understand that line. That, that was actually a personal joke between Tim and me. But t- look, with Tim as well, Tim, I don't want to keep blaming the edit. Tim did say a lot of really good things about me. They would grab those little pieces, you know, and and I know that's how you make a show and a storyline and everything, but Tim, I don't know if you looked at Cabana Drama, they did a Cabana Drama and Tim and I were in the room hugging and he's going, mate, I love you, I love you, you know, you're the funniest guy i ever met in my life, you know, and that's how Tim and I were, and then yeah, I am. Like you said, I, I am. Tense and and everything, and and Tim has the right. To, uh, I, Tim has the right to say some of the things he said. To be <laughs> honest, you know, because I am full on. Um, it, it's because everyone always asks me, "How's your friendship with Tim now?" And I'm saying it's actually as strong as it always ha- has been. Oh, so
0: you're still good friends?
1: Yeah, we still talk every day.
0: Really? Yeah. God, you're you're a busy boy. You must oh. spend your whole day just catching up with people, yeah. speaking to everyone. Yeah, every day. I still
1: talk with Tim every day. Um, Tim's brother PJ is a really good mate of mine as well, and so is Tim's parents. PJ uh, hates um, me.
0: Shout out to PJ. Oh really? He slammed me. Oh. He told me I got my degree out of a gutter. It must be a pretty good gutter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's. Uh, but no, you it's, have to
0: put in a good word for me.
1: Yeah, PJ, if you're listening, be nice to my friend Megan. <laughs> Uh, So
0: you are still good friends with Tim. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, we
1: still talk every day.
0: So is there any other tea from Paradise that, I don't know, I should be aware of, that I should be across that hasn't come out yet?
1: A funny story was the first time I actually saw Carlin since The Bachelorette was at a bushfire event, which you were also at, Megan. (laughs) Jackson's
0: bushfire event. I
1: was very excited up on stage being the pointer. Do you remember when I was very excited? I took my job very seriously at that day. (laughs) And Carlin told me, and I didn't know this, that he goes, gosh, you and Tim were loud in lockdown in your hotel in Fiji. Oh,
0: my God. What, Carlin's in Fiji? Yeah, I said, what are you talking
1: about? And he goes, I was in a hotel room next to you and Tim in Fiji. So what the Bachelorette had done was they flew Carlin to Fiji as a decoy to look like that he hadn't won. The bachelorette.
0: Because if people saw Tim leaving, they'd assume, "Oh, Carlin's won." Then, but wasn't he meant to be with Angie doing their final video? Well, they flew him one day, flew him back the next day. Then he was with Angie. That's a quick turnaround. No,
1: no, no, because it'd all been filmed. So, so it'd been filmed in August.
0: But you know how they do those videos update where they're like, "We're together. We're so in love." Oh, okay. You know how they do the press the day after the finale together? Oh
1: no, because there was plenty more time. Because when we were in lockdown in Fiji. They were only up to episode nine.
0: Oh, okay. Because Tim, he had he had to have the day off to do press from Fiji on the phone. Okay, so that was, what, a week or so in? Okay. So, so they've flown him back to Fiji for a few days, then flown him back in time to do press.
1: He would have had two to three weeks. That's crazy that they flew
0: him all the way to Fiji.
1: And, and locked him down in a hotel. What the hell? And put him next to Tim and me. He said and you he didn't could, know he was there? We didn't know he was there. And I ran into Carlin, had a beer with him. In January, and he told me.
0: That's crazy. So, a little behind the scenes gossip there.
1: That's where all the budget from Warner Brothers is going. <laughs> See, we're all in bunk beds in the mansion or the circus. It's not, it's a It's a derelict house, let's be honest. So, we're, we're in our bunk beds, and old mate Carlin's getting flown around the world. That's where the budget's going.
0: Carlin's in the Four Seasons in Fiji, living up on the. Um, the minibar, loving well, life on the mini bar. Oh I
1: he I know Carlin Sterrett. He wouldn't have been at the mini bar. He would have been working on his tan, his eight pack, and his pecs. He's
0: doing push-ups in the on the floor.
1: Let's be real, Carlin. You know it. You know it, brother. So another bit of tea. Before I went to Battery in oh, Paradise. The, you're the
0: tea gift that keeps on giving. Mate, tea spiller over here. Go on. I don't
1: stop pouring. <laughs> now, before I went to Battery in Paradise, a little birdie told me that the clean skins were going to be there. Now, I thought it was going to be girls and guys. It only ended up being guys. But a mate of mine got approached to be a clean skin and I knew about it before I went to Fiji. Oh, wow. And I also told Tim Hanley. So I said, (laughs) be ready. There's going to be randos coming in as intruders, to Bachelor in Paradise. So we so
0: knew. We we knew. Did Tim think you were lying? Was he like, oh, Jamie's probably just made up another small shit?
1: 100%. <laughs> so <laughs> they, no one
0: believed you and then it's come true. They're like, oh, Jamie was right again.
1: They thought it was another Jamie Doran conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we knew about it. And what those guys were, they were guys who... So when we, we were on The Bachelor, pe- I don't know how many guys from my season, 22 guys. The guys that came 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, the guys that just missed out, they were the clean skins. Right. So, so that's how they got them. They're the guys that just missed out on Angie's seasons. Oh, can I talk about it as well, just quickly? I'm a, I'm a little bit annoyed. A lot of people give me a lot of crap online because I recognized Angie's parents. I never said that. So Angie's parents walk in on the Bachelorette, and I say, straight away, I recognize her parents and then they play a soundbite from some other week from instagram so it sounds and everyone goes well what a stage five clinger he knows angie's parents from instagram come on australia he can't be that dumb if i knew angie's parents on instagram wouldn't i recognize her brother who was undercover in week one come on guys
0: like how did wait what did how did you know her parents then I didn't. Why did you say you recognised them?
1: Because it was obviously a mum and a dad walk in to the room we're all in at the mansion. So I said straight away, I recognise that's her parents.
0: Oh, so instead of saying recognise, you probably should have said, I think that's her parents or... It was just
1: quite obvious it was her parents. Oh, so
0: obvious, you should have said obviously that's her parents instead of I recognise them, like as in like you recognise them because you've seen them before. But then they
1: Frankenbite this bit on the end from Instagram. So, and it was so obvious if you ever go back and oh, listen to it. Oh,
0: so you didn't say. I didn't say so you that. So said, I recognize her parents.
1: And then they sound a then bit a bit on. And then a bit of you saying from, from Instagram, Instagram, from
0: another segment, from, from another segment. From probably
1: week. One or something. Uh, and so I, they
0: made it look like you'd been stalking yeah. the parents on the gram.
1: Come on, guys. But if I recognise her parents, wouldn't I recognise her brother who was undercover in episode one? So you didn't recognise the brother? No. But you I've said never... you did
0: you said you did all this investigation into Andrew. Why didn't you recognise the family and the brother and the mum and the dad?
1: When I say it in investigation, I just did a Google search.
0: Oh, okay, not an Instagram stalk. No, no, oh, I just I, a, that should be the first point oh, of contact.
1: I just I just looked at what shows she had done and and what she believed in and
0: You read the articles. Yeah. Did you really chase after Eleanor after your dramatic speech when you left BIP?
1: No, so that dramatic speech actually got cut as well. That that got edited. I actually said I'm going to go out and find my own version of Eleanor but being Warner Brothers, they cut it to say, I'm going out to find Eleanor. I actually said, I'm going out to find my own version of Eleanor. <laughs> and you can ask anyone. Ask Ranger He was there. Oh, no, I think he'd been booed. Oh, he might have walked out just before it because he went in the, the same... Ser- Look, I didn't say that, but I actually did hang out with, with Eleanor. For a, El- so Eleanor lives in Sydney. I was living in Sydney. And Jackson Garlic, me... Brittany Hockley and Eleanor actually h- hung out quite a lot after Paradise, as just as friends. She's a lovely girl, but I never said I'm going to go find Eleanor. I said I'm, <laughs> I'm going to find wake up at
0: her house in the middle of the night.
1: <laughs> I'm going to find my own version of Eleanor.
0: Even last night when we were out, you were like, you f- saw a girl across the room that you were like, oh my god, she's the one. I love oh, her. Come on,
1: <laughs> not the one.
0: You really do fall for people so quickly. Me again. I can't believe
1: we're talking about this. (laughs) Just
0: throwing you under the bus a bit here. Ambush.
1: Jamie, after about 20, went red wines again. But you
0: do fall for, you do seem to fall for people really quickly. I
1: I get attached to people really quickly. I've been hanging out with girls from Lockie's season at the moment in Brisbane. And I'm very attached to those girls. I do get attached to people very easily. Marg. Marg. From Lockie's season, I'm quite attached to her. She's a, just such a sweet, nice girl. I think she's one of the only people, no disrespect to you, that I've, <laughs> I've hung around with in my life that just doesn't annoy me. She just oh, do I annoy you? <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you know, everyone, you spend, en- to some degree, you yeah. spend enough time with people and you're like, oh I need yeah, I need not to maybe see you for a day or
0: two. Marge, <laughs> I need a breather.
1: I don't know if everyone knows Marg or Flocky Season, but literally what 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 do we call her on the podcast on your page? She was the Tinder Queen. Oh
0: Tinder Queen Marg, yes. yeah. she
1: she loved that. Um Greek but, goddess, Tinder Queen. I hang out with uh, Marg, Charlie, Steph, Rosemary. I'm missing someone wait we've got to do this again. I hang out with Charlie, Marg, Gemma, Steph, and Rosemary from Lockie's season and I have that's just a classic example because I've become very attached to them especially Marg and I do become attached to people quite fast
0: but do you realize that it's probably not the best approach like do you realize that coming on so strong so soon might turn people off 100%
1: because (laughs) when a girl does that to me I run for the hills
0: wasn't it what I was trying to tell you last night so last night we were out Jamie spots this girl across the room. She's probably like 24. I'm like, calm down, Predator vibes. Oh, I need to speak to her. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I'm going to speak to her. And I'm like, Jamie, chill. She kept
1: pointing at me.
0: She wasn't pointing at you.
1: She was pointing at me. Probably
0: because she recognises like, there's that fuckwit from Bachelor in Paradise.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) She's probably
0: pointing at you because she's like, guys, look, it's Jamie from Paradise. Not Uh. because she's like... Oh, my God, I want to meet him. You're going, I'm going to go over, I'm going to go over. I'm like, Jamie, stop. You need to play it cool, dude. You need to chill. I get giving you some dating advice last night.
1: Yeah, and so I know this, but it's just... it. I'm very... um what's the word I feel like I'm very is it organic is that the word no is organic what's the word
0: well you wear your heart on your sleeve and you can't I, I, but I,
1: I know all of the above
0: <laughs> if you are self-aware about it, that's how you're coming across shouldn't you maybe pull it back a bit and like give girls a bit of space not come on so strong
1: yeah when I'm sober <laughs> I, f- I feel after about 20 red wines
0: you're never sober that's like, the problem yeah
1: I know this little kind of childlike quality comes out in me and I just kind of do what I want but uh, you well, know maybe you
0: should give up alcohol and try dating not drunk all the time oh
1: Gosh, life would be boring without alcohol. <laughs> Come on, Can we be real? So I've got a cast cu- Cass doesn't drink and Keely doesn't drink. And I'm good friends with uh, both of them, Keely and Cass, that were on Bachelor in Paradise. And uh, I always think that must be a boring old life. <laughs> but they seem happy. So I don't good know. for them. Ma- Each maybe, to their own. maybe I should give it a go. I actually didn't drink for three months before the Bachelorette. Oh, wow. I tried to get into shape. And uh, and maybe that's why I cried in the garden in my fireman suit Because I hadn't drunk for a while Probably all hit me with the red wines
0: Probably weren't used to being so drunk Yeah Because you are quite intense and you did come across very intense on screen Do you wish that you acted differently and handled situations better?
1: No, I just feel that they wouldn't just always show my intense moments
0: So it's like, like a montage of your most intense moments yeah. put together Okay. Then you need to balance it out a little bit with your less intense moments to get a whole picture of who you are.
1: Yeah, show me when I'm just chilling out. In Paradise, (laughs) I was pretty chilled out in Paradise, but I feel like they were like, nah, we're just going to screen grab this bit and that bit. And Like, I'll own who I am. I'll own who I am. But I feel there's a lot more to me than they've pigeonholed me as. That's all.
0: You do seem quite aware about how you came across. You struggled with people thinking that you were this person all the time after your bachelorette. Portrayal. You didn't have a positive public perception of yourself back then. Does that affect you day to day? How did you kind of cope with that?
1: Yeah, that was hard because, you know, my my mum and dad don't really talk to me anymore. What? Yeah. So my mum and dad and my older sister don't really talk to me anymore. Why? Because of the show? Yeah. So I talk to my middle sister, but I feel and I feel like I've moved cities because of it. I moved from Sydney to Brisbane to get to sort of get away from it all because. People that knew me before the show and know me as a different person and then saw my portrayal. It's it, it's kind of embarrassing to, to, to then see them in the street or at the coffee shop. So I actually moved away from my hometown because of it.
0: That's sad. Yeah, I
1: don't talk to my family anymore.
0: Shouldn't they know that that's not who you are? I think
1: they're just embarrassed.
0: And they've disowned, basically disowned you.
1: It's very limited. My, my communication with my family is very limited now. It's I see them once a year at christmas and that's it now.
0: that's awful
1: yeah it sucks like i have dealt with but i feel that i am on i'm on the uphill run again i i, I feel and especially going down the legal path i think people were starting to, to believe that there is more to it than what they saw
0: like have they reached out since you've told them that you're gonna do legal action like have they reached out being like oh we're really sorry that you're going through this have they no, what, do you, what do you mean they've just stopped talking to you because of how you came across on TV? They should know you better than anyone else.
1: My family's very private and and I think they don't really like this public perception of me because I'd say probably my mum probably goes to the local supermarket and gets asked by people all day and I, I don't think she's enjoying it. And Where's your family from? The Blue Mountains.
0: Okay, so small yeah. community, they don't yeah. know that that's your mum. Yep. And what she's embarrassed that you've... Dragged drag their name through the mud.
1: I don't know. We, I haven't <laughs> talked about it, but I'd say so.
0: Have you asked them why you – have you disowned me?
1: I'm saying so they're disowned me. It's just it's – just, it's just, it's just, the communication is very limited. I, I haven't seen them since last Christmas.
0: So the your relationship with them is severed because of the show? I believe so. Wow. Do you think you'll ever patch it up?
1: Let's see what happens. Yeah. Have
0: you reached out to them and like said like why the fuck are you not talking to me? What's going on?
1: I've just emailed mum and dad on their birthdays and that's it. Emailed them. Yeah. It's It's very professional. It's it's, it's very limited communication. An
0: email. But it's. Kind regards, Jamie Doran.
1: I, I feel I am getting a little bit of a redemption arc, and I think a lot of it. I know we talked about before, but I think a lot of it is to do with you. No, I can't I feel, take
0: credit. You've I, just shown off your other side of your personality.
1: Yeah. I feel people are starting to... Yeah, people just, people starting to warm to me.
0: Like since Paradise or this year even, you've just calmed down a bit. Yeah. You're more owning who you are. You're more comfortable in who you are. You've got a bit more confidence than yeah because you were quiet after bachelorette i feel like the fame went to your head a bit and you got a bit caught up in everything and you weren't really in touch with reality you're thinking of this big star celebrity and now you've you've come back to earth a bit more a bit more grounded i think you've calmed down a lot and you're taking jokes a lot better yeah so now you're able to laugh at yourself so everyone's laughing with you instead of laughing at you do you feel that
1: yeah and also the dms have softened I was getting some really hardcore DMs after the bachelorette. I like, I mean, Say hardcore what? like death threats. Death threats. Yeah. What do you mean? Many.
0: Why? Do, what is Pe- wrong with people, people sending people death threats over a
1: show? Many, lots, it's not crazy. not just one here or there. A lot. I still get people. It's, it's it's slowed down a lot, but I find this funny because sometimes I'll get a DM on my phone, and it's from some woman, and it's about. It's huge. It's about three Instagram messages long, because you can only write.
0: It's the same length as the emails you sent Warner Brothers begging to go on Paradise.
1: Yeah, about that long. All right. About that long. Now, and that's, I open these messages up and see this big rant on how bad of a person I am. And I always read them and and think, (laughs) okay, so this person's gone to work all day. And they're driving home from work and they're thinking, all right, what do I got to do tonight? I've got to cook dinner. I've got to get my stuff ready for work tomorrow. And I'm going to write Jamie Doran from The Bachelorette a half an hour long message about how bad of a person he is. I'm like, who are these people? Like, who are these people? Seriously, like, there must be someone. Go message Rihanna. Rihanna. Rihanna, where her name is. I don't know. Or Miley Cyrus. Why are you messaging Jamie or? Well, I don't Doran? message
0: anyone. I always find it bewildering when people do go to the effort to send you this big, long thing, and it's like, how do you have time to worry about me and what I'm doing in my life? Like, I don't even have time to worry about myself, let alone what fucking Karen in Newcastle's doing.
1: Well, I never write back to them, but once I did... This lady gave me this really long one.
0: What does it say? And,
1: oh, just how much of a horrible person I am and I need, I've i got autism and all this business. That's so I, awful. Oh awful. It, it, it goes on and on and on. And anyway, this lady had like a page where she was selling art and I opened it, hit accept and I wrote, thanks for the message, Karen. By the way, your art sucks. <laughs> and then I blocked her. <laughs> I think that's the only one I've ever written back to. <laughs> and I felt so good. I'm not going to lie, I felt so good. Felt
0: good. Oh, that's so funny, but it's so true. How do they have time and energy to write you a big, long essay?
1: Why did they care? I'm some goose off reality television. Some character
0: off a TV show. Oh, my goodness. Does that like affect your mental health a lot? Yeah. Because like, I know even since the podcast, because I used to say to people, like I know Abby was trolled really bad, and I used to say to her, just ignore it. Just block it out. Don't even read them. Just delete the messages. Get someone to go through your inbox for you and delete the negative stuff and just don't even read it. And then like doing the podcast, I've been trolled so much since doing this, like a lot. And I've actually realized that it's a lot easier to said than done. Like, you can't help but read everything. You can't help that after a while, even if you laugh about it or even if you, like, you know, dismiss it and you're like, oh, whatever, and you don't believe it. After a while, reading so many of those messages and comments, like, it does actually wear you down a little bit and you can't help but take it in and think that, oh, maybe that is true.
1: I'm not dealing with it well. Like, we can sit here and joke about it today. I'm still not dealing well at the moment. I don't know if you remember, one night... I pulled you aside in Coogee <laughs> and I told you that I wanted to jump off a balcony.
0: Yeah. Why am I laughing? But, yeah, I am mean, yeah, Yeah, I know, I know, no, I think because we're just, going- I have nervous laugh. Yeah. i was laughing about the night in Coogee. I just get a nervous you, laugh when it's a serious yeah. topic.
1: Do, do you remember when I actually pulled you aside one night yeah. and said that and I actually broke down with Marg last Saturday night again? Uh, so,
0: even after that long, a year later, you've still been struggling with that the whole time?
1: Yeah, I broke down into tears- Last Saturday night, with her sort of saying that things were getting to me again. And, and, and Sorry. yeah, and that's okay. Like, and, and Marg was there for me. And, um, I'm, I'm still having trouble. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here on the podcast and pretend that everything's unicorns and mm-hmm. rainbows and everything. I'm still in the wars with, with a lot of things. I'm not dealing with it well. But, um, I'm dealing, you know, like that's the best you can do. And Margs is there. And with Margs, again, it was sort of, I said to Margs, I said, it's either I kill myself or I move overseas. Like, And, and I was drunk at that point and And when we spoke in Coogee last year, I was drunk again. I understand that. There's probably a pattern forming there, but I'm not, I am not dealing with things well. But then nights like last night when we go out and we have fun and there's fans coming up and we had a good night last night that makes up for all the dark times Mm. i'm going through and people probably listen this thinking what's he even talking about like why is he having trouble it's just that I, i don't know i just don't can i give you a piece of advice the psychologist from the psychiatrist from warner brothers gave me and i've i'll never forget this line and i don't really like giving warner brothers credit not in the current climate but i will right now she said jamie is great for reality television but reality television isn't great for Jamie
0: that's so true that is so true yeah you're probably the best thing that's ever happened to that show but reality tv is just not good for you because you're not the type of person that can cope with it and actually I really relate to that because I've got friends that say you'd be so good on reality tv you know you'd be so funny I would never cope in that situation I get very anxious so putting myself up for that type of scrutiny and putting myself in a position where I've got no control over how people are going to perceive me I wouldn't cope I would literally not cope I'd have an anxiety attack I'd be having panic attacks and so I've said to people like I'd never do reality tv because I just wouldn't put myself in that situation getting upset over every little comment it takes a strong person to go on reality tv and it's not easy it's, like, really hard to put yourself out there in the public. Like, I know even with the podcast at the moment, I haven't really found it easy to cope with. Like, I've had million breakdowns. It's not easy putting yourself out there where you're up for public scrutiny. It's, like, constant anxiety of, like, what are people thinking about me? Did I say that right? Did I do this correctly? Like, it's constant criticism and feedback from everyone in the country. It's hard.
1: And I don't know if I'm jumping forward right now, but a perfect example is Kyle Sandland's. So here's I'm a guy who wears my heart on my sleeve. I get attacked for that. So I'm emotional. Obviously, I take things to heart. I I break down, we've seen on TV, but then I get attacked for that, which makes me break down again. And then, look, I love Kyle. Kyle's a good dude. But the guy trolls me on his radio station, ringing my voicemail live on air multiple times. And mocking me about being upset on TV. Like, and that hurts because it's making it worse. It's compounding it. Like, trolling my mental health on the biggest radio station in Australia. Like, what do you think that's going to do to my mental health?
0: Where were you at at that stage? What did that really affect you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that he was com- mocking my mental health, like, live on air. And. The irony is that Kyle and Jackie O beg me once a week. Well, not them. Their producers beg me once a week to come on that show. Beg me. And I said to them in a text, and I think I screenshot it and sent it to you. I said, (laughs) I will come on that show if Kyle and his little hype woman, Jackie O, pulled up their heads in about mental health.
0: But that's the thing. If you hate them as much as you say that you do, why would you go on their show?
1: Because they're a big platform. I'm not going to lie to you. Because they are probably the most listened to breakfast radio show in Australia. And that's a big platform. And whatever I choose to say in that arena that Kyle and Jackie O have is going to get heard by a lot of people. And I've got no ammon. I've got no ammon. Oh, I can't even talk. <laughs> Did I say that right? Oh, Can I? Animosity. Let's just say. Let me start that. I'm just not going to say the word. I've got nothing against Kyle and Jackie O. To be fair. When I first went on The Bachelorette, Jackie o followed me and she and I were DMing each other. Oh, really? Yeah. And I actually said, look, when all this Bachelorette business is over, let's go grab a coffee and hang out. And then when I got my stage five Klinger portrayal, I noticed Jackie O unfollowed me.
0: <laughs> savage.
1: And then when Kira and I went into Kyle and Jackie O and di- went live in the studio, Jackie O should pretend like she didn't even know who I was.
0: Oh my god, savage! And we'd
1: had conversations on Instagram.
0: Oh my god. So, uh, what did you speak about on Instagram?
1: No, it was nothing more than that. Oh, what we mainly talked about was her ex-husband, I believe, Lee Henderson. Uh, Lee's sister is a good friend of mine.
0: Oh, so yeah, so so
1: she's from Manly. She's moved back to the UK now. Her name's Kelly, but uh, she was living in Manly for quite a long time. So we're talking about being mutual friends with Kelly. Oh, and so you're
0: having a full on chat with Jack Yo on the DMs? Yeah. God, even Jack Yo's in your DMs.
1: But then I'd I got love my stage access five. To your DMs. I got my stage five clinger.
0: T in your DMs.
1: Portrayal, and I know noticed Jackie O unfollowed me. So, uh, yeah, but look, Kyle, I like the guy, but also actually, Kyle. I've hung out with, with Kyle in the past, and that's another reason where I thought Kyle would have a bit of empathy with me because I used to date Charlotte Dawson. And I don't know if a lot of people know that. So Charlotte Dawson was the host of Australia's Next Top Model back in the day, and that's probably because I've been around a while. She used to be on Beauty and the Geek with uh, Stan Zamanik.
0: And let's not forget, you were quite the eligible bachelor in your time. You were Cleo's eligible, what was it, Cleo Bachelor of the Year?
1: Cleo Bachelor of the Year. That was actually after I was with Charlotte. So you were on the social
0: scenes back then. It was in Sydney.
1: So I hung out socially with Kyle back when he was with Tamara Jaber. Oh, wow, a so, well, double
0: date with Charlotte and him. Oh,
1: not a double date, but I've just been... We've all gone out Same party. to drinks before, right. yeah. So he... I don't... Maybe Kyle meets a lot of people. Maybe he doesn't remember, but I...
0: Well, was, in, in his defense, I used to work there, and he doesn't remember me. Oh, okay. He, every time they mention the podcast, he's like, who is this chick? And the, the producers are like, she literally used to work here.
1: Well, Charlotte was someone I was with, and for a lot of people who are listening, Charlotte killed herself because of online trolls and now i'm in this situation and i feel if kyle can remember i'm with her or he doesn't he must know that this is not good like don't don't troll me over mental health like me breaking down on tv don't troll me on my voicemail over it especially after my history with charlotte like it just i don't want to go down that same rabbit hole with charlotte and i feel like i'm close to it i'm not going to lie to you i feel like i feel like i'm going down that downward spiral that Charlotte went down. Oh, you're gonna
0: make me cry. Yeah, and and, yeah, and it's, it's, it's don't feel like
1: that. It's just that, and I don't want to be there. I don't. I don't want to go there because I miss Charlotte, and, and 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 I know people will miss me, and I just I <laughs> Yeah, I just honestly, it's.
0: I hate that you feel like that. You know, you've got so many people around yeah. you. You've got so many friends, as you've said. You've got so many friends. Everyone adores you. I just hate that you'd feel like alone, like over a TV show, like. I
1: don't, and that well, that's what I, I said to Marg the other night. I said the only thing stopping me from doing something crazy is because I know that I'll upset people if I if I leave people behind, no. you know. Uh, so that's it's
0: not nice. I'm sorry you feel like that.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just look. I have good days and bad days. M- more good days than bad days, though. I think that's the important thing.
0: Do you feel that maybe lately since you have been able to laugh at things a bit more that that's helping to not make it so serious? Like... I know, for example, with me, with the trolling, I was really upset. I was feeling similar. I was like in a really dark place doing the podcast. And I don't think a lot of people know that because I come on the podcast and I'm like, hey, guys, super spreaders, like show me the receipts. But like behind the scenes, I'm falling apart. And then only last week I started thinking or someone actually gave me the advice and said, do you really think that Kyle Sanderlands is sitting there and actually caring about what some troll on the Internet saying about him? Do you think he's actually taking it to heart? Like, no, he's just living his life. He's making money. He's doing his thing. And they said, why don't you laugh at it? I laugh at it. And that's why I posted the video. You know, the, the troll made a video of us two having sex. Yeah. Some 50 shades of grey yeah, thing. That was, that She's was been funny. making videos about me for months now. And I was really upset about them. And I was really like, you know, not in a good place because it's like every day. What is it going to be today? What is going to happen today? What's someone going to say about me today? And then it's like, they said, why don't you just post it and laugh and make a joke about it and say, oh, look at this funny video that someone made of me, which is what I did. And the minute I did that, I felt like I'd taken the power back of how I'm controlling the narrative and how I'm controlling what people are saying about me. So it's only going to affect me in a bad way if I let it. So I'm not letting that comment or that video upset me. I'm just going to laugh about it. And when I started laughing about it and being like, oh, look at this video, I felt like I got the power back and I was like... I don't know, just laughing about things helped and then even just that's only been a week and even in the last week I've been feeling that I've been dealing with things a lot better because I'm like, you don't have power over me. I don't know, diminishes the power a bit. Do you feel like, because you've been doing that too lately. You've just been laughing at, you've been taking the piss about yourself. Do you feel like that's been helping or not really?
1: I feel like I'm not going to answer your question right now. I'm going to divert. I don't even know what my question was. (laughs) just went off on a tangent. I'm going to divert to something different. Do you know, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast, Honestly, Megan, like this is the truth from the bottom of my heart.
0: <laughs> We're getting very deep and emotional. When, we haven't even got into the legal stuff oh no. yet. I Tearing up over here. When,
1: when I went from more, having more bad days and good days to switching to having more good days and bad days was when you started embracing me on your podcast. <laughs> that was the turning point for me. It has it flicked. It's gone 180. It's all of a sudden you've shown people this person I am and these people are understanding especially in your Facebook group
0: yeah I feel like the Facebook group's been a big thing for you
1: it's changed it's made I have more good days and bad days now because I have about I don't know how many people around there five ten thousand people who are really supportive of me and it makes such a difference and I know that sounds silly when I, I do have a good friend base I have Marg I have Naranga I have Charlie, I have Adam Sellers, I have Jess Glasgow, I have these people around me, but it's something about having it in numbers. I, I, yeah. it's
0: You can have your friends and all this support network around you, but when the majority of people are hating you, it's hard. So knowing that you've got those 5,000 people that are like supportive of you, they're your cheer squad basically now, that must feel good, right?
1: It's everything. And
0: you've been able to really show off your personality in the group. You've got a rising star next to your name. Yeah. From your post. What's
1: that about? But you're
0: showing, you're really showing off your personality. Like you're joking about things. You're doing fun. Like people are seeing another side of you. And I've had so many people message me saying, oh my God, I can't believe Jamie's like this. He's so funny. It's like, I love Jamie. And like, you know, they're really behind you now. So I hope that that makes you feel a bit more
1: yeah, supported yeah, because good. you really- deserve
0: to be showing off your other side.
1: Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, too.
0: <laughs> don't let it go to your head. Don't get a big no, head okay. now. <laughs>
1: you're not You're, you're not, not going. going. I am going, bro. No, you're not walking out. Bro, I'll see you on the oh, outside. No, 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 Tim. no, Tim. Ah,
0: Relax. No.
1: No. Tim, please. You f***ing how much you mean to me, babe. Bro, no, I'll see you on the outside. I'm not going.
0: Bro. You're Tim. not going. I'm 100% going. That's all the Jamie Doran I've got for you guys today. Next Jamie episode, next Tuesday, we get into the nitty gritty. He goes into detail about his legal battle with Warner Brothers, why he's suing them, what his argument is going to be, and he updates us on a recent development in the case and what he hopes to get out of it all in the end. Plus lots more, including why he is not a fan of Osher Ginsburg. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Plus, don't forget on Friday, I have our normal juicy episode. The series edition containing my full chat with Naranga. Last week I only played the warm-up, just a little snippet because <laughs> before we even got started he spilled so much unexpected tea, so I can assure you that there is plenty more where that came from if you enjoyed this episode which I know is all of you please subscribe rate and review five stars only of course please keep sharing so dramatic around more than Jamie shares himself around the so dramatic Facebook group speaking of the Facebook group please make sure that you have joined that you are a member because I've got a number of exciting projects that I'm going to be announcing in there first over the next few weeks so be in there to hear it all first if you enjoyed this episode please also post a screenshot on instagram wherever you're listening to the episode and tag at dramatic podcast underscore and i will reshare your post i promise thank you for listening to a special episode of so dramatic see you on friday ciao for now kind regards goodbye good riddance and good luck
1: i'm I'm out of here i'm gonna go (laughs) to oh
0: my god oh my god so dramatic with megan passetto